The Courage to Lead, episode 117. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Heather Bennett. Heather Bennett is a marketing strategist and personal brand coach with over 20 years of experience marketing brands. Her blend of business, brand, and marketing expertise combined with her creativity and empathy to help companies and professionals grow their businesses and careers. Working jobs as varied as assembly line worker, national chain restaurant host, research biologist, consumer products marketer, small business owner, and board of directors member has shaped Heather's unique perspective on personal branding and careers. When she's not helping her clients create strong, authentic, and unique brands through her business, Creative Brand Coach, Heather enjoys hiking, kayaking, swimming, and reading mystery novels. Heather is the author of the book, Fun and Fulfilling Careers, One Question at a Time available on Amazon. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you, Harlan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's great to, so a research biologist, that seems kind of that outlier a little bit for everything. How did you get into that? Uh, That's where I started. I love science. I've loved science since I was very young. Um, I love doing research. I love, uh, I've data analysis is very exciting. I like answering questions. Um, So it, Right after, for undergrad, I studied uh, research biology um, at Case Western Reserve University and really enjoyed. I did about six years of pretty heavy um, research there. I had a NIH grant as an undergrad studying um, uh, genetics, basically. So I won't go into the details. It gets, yeah. I, I find it exciting, but <laughs> it's a bit much um, for most people to take. Um, that's neat, but that, that led me to Unilever. So that's okay. how I did the transition where I was doing research for them in the R&D department and then learned how R&D can impact business Excellent. and found out what brands were. So, so that it is a bit of an outlier, but if you look at the skill set, but how, what I learned doing that, yeah. it's really helped me even with my career today. That's awesome. I worked for Unilever for a couple of years. Um, oh, you did? Contract, Wonderful. Contract position. Yeah, it was great. Love that company. Very cool. Wonderful. All right. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, that, kind of how you got started, how that transitioned you into your, your marketing. And we'll talk about your book, Fun and Fulfilling Careers, mm-hmm. One Question at a Time. Uh, but before we get started, I've got 10 questions that... Listeners know I ask these questions of every one of my guests. They're the questions made popular on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where host James Lipton asks these questions of his uh, Hollywood stars from TV, stage, film. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, Heather, if you're ready, I've got 10 questions for you. Okay, question let's number get started. One. All right. <laughs> question number one, what's your favorite word? Imagine. Nice. What's your least favorite word? Impossible. Absolutely. Uh, what turns you on? Learning, continuous learning. And what turns you off? Um, wasted time or wasting time. What sound or noise do you love? Impromptu sing-alongs, normally around a piano. 
piano or a ukulele or a guitar. There, there's something really joyful and beautiful about hearing a group of people go all in together, uh, completely unplanned. Perfect. And what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, excuses. <laughs> people <laughs> making excuses. Yeah, definitely. What's your favorite curse word? Um, okay. I, I, I do love a good Shakespearean insult, <laughs> but uh, for, nice. <laughs> for simplification's sake, we'll say the one that rhymes with luck. Okay. There you go. But I do love a good Shakespearean insult. And we'll talk about that in a little bit more. I'm going to make a note of that so we can talk. All right. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Probably something having to do with storytelling or helping other people visualize. So a, a film director, script writer, or a, a lounge singer. <laughs> where you're, you know, almost that, that, um, that bard that's taking people and helping them see a journey, see nice. a, a, a story come to Very life. Very cool. All right. What profession would you not like to do? I like to do anything to do with politics. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> that's one of my pet peeves. Okay. Uh, finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I would love to hear God say, uh, you made the world a better place. Good job. Very cool. Through spontaneous song, I'm sure. All right. Yes. <laughs> um, so we'll come back uh, in just a minute. We're going to talk about how you got your start, a little bit about your background, how it led you to where you are. And then we're going to talk about your book and that, that process. And at some point, we'll transition into talking about courage, because being an author takes courage, and, uh, and leadership. All right. We'll talk about that and more right after this, so stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Heather Bennett. Heather, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. Um, very interested in, in learning to uh, or, or learning about your journey, how you started off you know, I talk to people that are lawyers, doctors, whatever, and you talk to them and they say, yeah, I just knew when I was a little, little kid, this is what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be a lawyer, knew I wanted to be a doctor, whatever. Did you want to be a market strategist and a branding expert when you were little? Or how did you get into that? Honestly, I did not know what that was. I, I did enjoy pretending um, to run a business. So as a child, I found that fascinating. I'm very good with um, very good with math and numbers and organization. I like leading people and coaching them. So you know, running camps, um, and whatnot. So it was. I don't. I don't think specifically I understood what it was, but I'm not surprised looking back that this is where I've ended up. Um, 
Does that answer your question? Absolutely. <laughs> no, that's perfect. And you know, you're, you're right about the, the different types of work that you've done. Cause I'm kind of the same way. I did a little of everything everywhere around the country. And it all led me to that place where you have that, that perspective on things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, an, yes. an assembly line worker, where was that? Who did you work for at that time? So to pay for college, I worked at a General Motors Toyota plant, um, NUMI, which is a fascinating case study in California. So I worked on the line during my summers to make enough money to pay for college, nice. which was an incredible learning experience. Once I got to my MBA, understanding that perspective and how everything worked from a just-in-time system to supply chain management was so much better because of that experience. Absolutely. Yeah. I worked at Lockheed Aircraft, same type thing, in a production you know, situation. And then um, I, I told you I worked at Utilever for a couple of years. They were implementing an SAP uh, program, right? And, and so I was, part SAP, of the team. Yes. Yeah, I, was, I was part of the team that came in and helped on the organizational change and uh, training side helping uh, the groups up there. So was there logistics modernization or no? What would they call it? They called it manufacturing for the millennium was the name wow. of the program is up in Connecticut. And uh, yeah, I had oh, yeah. a great time, loved it. But all of those things kind of come into play, right? So from your experience, what led you then to the, the marketing? Is there one thing that kind of said, hey, this is something I want to want to get into marketing and strategy? Well, while working for Unilever, I was doing research on a number of very large, global, globally recognized brands. So Vaseline Intensive Care, Elizabeth Arden, Cheeseboro Pons. These are very well-known names uh, mm-hmm. throughout the world. And I began to understand the impact that the brand had on the end user and what that could bring in and how exciting it was to be able to offer a solution to the end users, you know, the customers problems and understanding the relationship that they had and the brand loyalty and being able to see it from an R&D perspective and, and get to work with the marketers. I really enjoyed what they did. And that led me to want to study it. And at the time, getting an MBA seemed like a, a very logical next step. Nice. Very cool. And so what is it about personal brand that people miss or something that they don't do that they should, I guess. The the biggest mistake people make about personal branding is that they think they don't have one and they don't need to do anything about it. Mm. And that is a really, not only a missed opportunity, but it can derail your career, uh, prevent you from meeting your business goals. So the biggest mistake people make is thinking that they don't have one or they don't need one. So give me an example of, of a, a good personal brand or what somebody would, would, you know, cause like I, when you talk about brand, I'm, I'm thinking the label that goes on a box or, or a, yes. a packaging okay. or something like that. I don't really think about me as being necessarily a, a product. So mm-hmm. do I really have a brand? So if I was working with you, how would you help me understand what my brand is? Well, first of all, I love that you um, have this podcast because I think it speaks a lot about what's important in your career and who you're trying to reach and talk to. So that right there tells uh, your audience what's important to you and what you have to offer and, and what you what type of people you want to work with. And all of those come from your skill set, your experience, uh, what you've brought basically to this point in your business. 
So having that consistency across not only your podcast, but other aspects of you know, your website to how you work with your clients, to how you onboard a new client, all of that's a consistency that they understand that they can trust you will help them with what they need from you. Nice. And so that bleeds over then into your social media profile? Definitely. How people see you online, how people see you on your website. Nice. Yeah. The key with content is really consistency. So having a consistent uh, message and a consistent presence, both online and offline, is so important uh, for building those trust relationships in a business setting. Now, so talking about the online consistency, posting blogs, blog posts, you know, video blogs or anything like that. Every once in a while, I'll see a a client or a, a networking friend post something on that's very political. It seems out of place with what I consider their brand. Is that, is that a problem? This is a discussion point I have with a lot of my clients. uh, Most of them are able to understand that what they're putting online, it's, there's a saying that digital ink never dries so that you can Mm. always change what's already on there. However, at the same point, once you put it out there, it's out there. And there is a fine line between demonstrating your unique personality, which helps you to be memorable and crossing that line to something that may be inappropriate or uh, um, not what your audience is expecting from you. And as an individual, you need to decide from your professional perspective whether or not to take that risk. I tend to be very, um, very, um, I try to help my clients understand that there is a risk involved Mm -hmm. and that when you're promoting yourself for your career or you're promoting your business, you need to consider what you're putting out there. You can't just put anything out there. And that doesn't mean that you're quashing um, something you're passionate about. You just have to make that decision. It is a risk and it is uh, it is very much a decision they have to make and then live with. Should people have two accounts? Because like I have my my business, yeah. my coaching side. So I post a lot of things related to coaching and business and improving your business, things like that. And then on my personal side, which I don't deal with that much, that's where I post family photos, yeah. trips, things like that. Is it good to keep those separate? Yes, yes. The reason I would recommend that is specifically for someone in, in a business scenario there's two different target markets there. There's two different audiences there. And the goal for social media and content production is always to give your audience what they want, always to be helpful to them. And your cousins or relatives or college roommates really want to see pictures of your kids and what you're doing on your vacation. And they care about you. They want to see that. That's so important to them. However, the people you work with and the people in your industry are so much more interested in your personal knowledge, your expertise, um, your subject, you know, expert and ability to talk about, you know, leadership and courage. And that's what they want from you. So for those professional social media accounts, that's what they expect from you. And that's what they want. It doesn't mean you can't occasionally put in there a little something about yourself, but uh, always with the perspective of what your audience is expecting from you. Yeah. And then from your 
perspective, how often should you post things on social media? Is, is it a daily thing, a couple times a day? How often <laughs> should you get out there? That is a wonderfully complicated question. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> uh, exactly. So here's the thing. Every, uh, and, and this changes, every social media platform uh, has what I would call, or they have an algorithm, which changes constantly and drives marketers nuts because we're always trying to keep up with it. But every one of those is a unique platform. It's a unique way of messaging. What you would do in a newspaper, you know, if you were to use offline examples, what you were to do in a newspaper or a billboard, or you would not do the same thing. So at the, the same way, what you would do, say, on LinkedIn or on Twitter are very different. You can have some crossover, but in terms of cadence of posting, Twitter, you could probably do 10 to 12 a day and they could be very useful and very helpful. Hmm. LinkedIn, I would say quite a bit less, Yeah, quite a bit less, um, one a day max. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean you can't be engaged and engagement is a completely other subject, right. but in terms of just good posts, I, I feel in the business world, it is so much more important to post fewer, very high quality posts for your content than to just be continually throwing stuff out there. Nice. And it is a consistency, right? Yes. If you're going Again, to put something consistency. out, do it consistently. Awesome. Yes. Um, and then you wrote the book, Fun and Fulfilling Careers, One Question at a Time. Uh, again, I've, I've written books, self-published a couple of books. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. And you're putting yourself yes. out there. So tell me about the book. There, There is quite a bit of bravery in writing and publishing. <laughs> It's um, so the book was uh, written because I was asked to write it. There was a, about three and a half, four years ago, there was a seven month period where my colleagues, my clients, my past clients, um, friends were asking me to write the book. They said, what you do is so unique and your perspective on personal branding from, you know, having, you know, almost 20 years at that point of experience um, you should be sharing this more. And I have a workbook that I use with my clients with, you know, retreats, workshops, seminars. And they said, we want more of that. They're like, the, the, the workbook's great. It's got these wonderful exercises, but what really brings it to life are the stories, the examples, the case studies, the, the thought process behind why you're doing the exercises. So that would be what I talk about when I'm guiding people through the exercise. So they said, could you just could you just write that down and, and just publish it in your spare time? And, and that would be great. Cause I need to send it to this person or I want to give it to this person. Or I think this, you know, this group mastermind group should be reading something like this so that they're more prepared. Yes. And so it, it took me about two and a half years, three years, because I did a lot of research. I wanted to have the psychology, the business um, thoughts. I wanted to really delve into what the experts were saying about all of the topics I was covering so that it would be a really rich, really full book for the readers. Nice. So what are the questions that you, you're talking about? How do you, how do you build your career one question at a time? So the questions, when you're talking about your personal brand, it's, it, there's a, you know, it all starts with self-awareness. So the questions you need to ask yourself, um, very, I mean, it's what everybody's talking about right now. What's your purpose? What's your why? Why are you doing what you do? And then going back and reflecting on how you got there. 
you know, what, what, you know, what were you studying? What in your experience, what was your skill set? What have you been told since you were young, what your talents were? Uh, explain, you know, which work environments you work in. So it's a lot of questions about what you like, where you thrive, where you succeed, and being able to understand how your personal brand, if you focus and target your work and what you are doing with your career towards where you're successful, then you will more likely enjoy your work and find fulfillment in it. Nice. So self-discovery to really understand yes. where you're coming from. So I, I read somewhere and I can't remember now exactly where it is. And I know I'll, the minute we get off the podcast, I'll probably remember the book. Uh, but the guy was an actor and he said that he had gone in for an acting role and they gave him some form to fill out. And it was like six or eight pages, a checklist of different skills from mm-hmm. changing a baby's diaper to changing a car tire. And he went up and asked them, why do I need to fill this out? And they said, we use people, you know, in these different scenes in the background doing things. We want to make sure that you're doing it right. You know, if you're putting a mm-hmm. diaper on a kid, you want to be doing it the right way. Um, and so he went through this list, checking off all the things that he knew and knew how to do and had done in the past. And he said he discovered so much about himself that he didn't realize, you yeah. know, just asking those questions and thinking along that, that he really did have a lot more skills and a lot more talents than he knew about. Is that what you're discovering with the book? Is that people are, are finding out more about themselves? Yes, it's, it's definitely eye-opening. There's uh, situations they'll, they'll think about, you know, in their early careers. They're like, I have not thought about that in 15 years. And now that I'm thinking about it, it really explains all the decisions I've made since then. Or um, when they talk, you talk about that skill list, just being able to sit down and take the time to understand what you're good at and what people recognize you, where, you know, where you are, that, um, that brilliant subject expert uh, is, is so important for what you're going to tell people in terms of finding a job or finding a project or working for a business. Nice. And this seems really timely, especially with everything that we've been going through right now. People are looking at their jobs. They're, they're working remotely in a lot of instances. Um, this looks like a great opportunity for them to really reevaluate. You know, there's a big talk about the big resignation, people walking away yes. from their jobs. I don't necessarily consider it a big resignation as much as a big reevaluation. Is this mm-hmm. what I want? Is this where I need to be? Or what else could I do? You know, are you finding that, that same thing with people? Yes, the, the timing is really good. When I started writing the book, obviously, it was well before the pandemic. And it, it's based on exercises and methodologies I've been using for a dozen years. So the having it come out right now, probably when it's most needed, is, is good. I, I, I wrote the book to help people. And I'm delighted when I hear that, that people have used it to help them find uh there you know there is something about this whole great resignation thing it's it is we were all forced to pause and kind of reevaluate whether we liked it or not when the pandemic started and that starts a process where people start learning um maybe habitually to stop pause and because of all the cycles that we've had with delta and omicron and whatnot it's, it's allowed us to take that time to pause and really think about what we want out of life. And um, your work and your business and is a, such a, an important part of who you are and how you define yourself and how you can give back. Yeah. So, well, when definitely. you meet somebody, that's one of the first things they ask. So what yes. do you do? Yeah. 
Yeah. Right now I sit at home in my fuzzy slippers. You know, it's like <laughs> life has changed for everybody, but I think it's a great opportunity for people to really reevaluate who they are, what they do, why they do it, right? What's most important for them and then find that path. Yes, That's awesome. definitely. So speaking of courage, because the podcast is about the courage to lead, where did you find the courage? to number one, walk away from all these different jobs to create your own business, right? We talk about the, the comfort zone of that nine to five job. Some people are, are fine sitting there in that comfort zone and others say, no, I want more. I see there's, there's more out there. Um, and you did, you have. So where did you find that courage? Where'd that come from? Yeah, the courage, the courage to do what I do now and help people you know, through personal brand coaching uh, as a marketing strategist the, the courage really came from seeing a need out there. I, while I was working in consumer product goods as a brand marketer, running big hundred million dollar brands, um, you know, working with sales guys all over the country, supply chain people, R and D people, uh, the customers um, getting in the stores, really understanding um, consumer product goods. I, as a side hustle, I kept getting asked by friends to help them you know, could you help? My sister wants to start her own business. You know, my, you know, this guy is really having a, a crisis as to whether he should, you know, try to go for this promotion or not. Could you, could you just talk to him? And at the time I, I said, well, well, my MBA is in marketing. It's not in HR. I don't know why you're talking to me, but they're like, just, just talk to them. The way you look, you know, at a situation and evaluate it and, and, and have that ability to see relational connections is 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 good so so just talk to him so gradually i got more the side hustle became more and more and more and more more people i was working with so i decided you know, this clearly is what i i should be doing and it, it was a leap of faith to leave a nice corporate job with benefits and all that but i have a wonderfully supportive husband who at the time agreed that this was something that i should be doing and i I'm so glad that I did. It's been a wonderful journey. And I'm delighted that most of those first clients are still doing what we laid out for them to do nice. um, with their careers and their businesses. Very cool. And then the courage to write a book. Because like you said, it is a lot yeah. of work. You are putting yourself out there. Is that something you had always wanted to do? Or no, you said people told you, hey, put this in writing. That must have given yeah. you some, some confidence right there. Well, one of my undergraduate majors is English. So I, I've been writing my entire life. I've written for newsletters, newspapers, yearbooks. Um, I've been writing my entire life. So that's, uh, I think my first book I wrote was maybe when I was eight. So, and illustrated. So it's, it's something that I feel comfortable doing. But the courage part was there's so much of this book that it's not just a fictional story or, or something. There's so much of it is really um, letting, you know, my expertise be known. And I'm glad I took two and a half years to write it because if I had taken three months, I don't know if I would have been able to publish it. Yeah. So having time, I, I think, to, to build that courage was very important to me. Very cool. Good job. And so one of your, uh, your, the things you like to do in your spare time, mystery novels. Yes. What do you like to read? Who are some of your, your favorite authors? Okay. So my guilty pleasure for reading is uh, Cozy Mysteries. 
So one of my favorites is Barbara Ross, and that's there's a whole series of the the main cozy mystery. There's a whole group of them. I would love to sit in on a conversation. I know they get together, and I would that would make my day um, because they're so smart and they're so witty, and their perspective on humans and people and how they interact in the relationship is just beautiful. Um, we go to Bar Harbor in Maine um, quite a bit and uh, to visit family and whatnot. And it's, um, it's just a beautiful area of the country. And the people there are so interesting and so smart. And um, I find that I'm drawn to mystery series that are like that. Um, Donna Andrews is another one. Hers is, uh, her heroine is um, Meg Lanslow. And she it, hers takes place in a small college town in Virginia. Um, but the same thing is understanding. Um, and I love that they do series because you get to see how people develop as characters. And I, I think as, as a personal brand coach, the amount of time I spend with my clients getting to understand who they are and how they interact with people and why they are successful or not at their business. I think that's why I love reading those mystery novels is because nice. the characters that are written and their impact on the storyline are True. so interesting. Absolutely. And you're saying that one of the things that, that you would do uh, a career you would like to have is kind of a storyteller. Do you use stories? Are those important? We get out there and start talking about our, our personal brand and putting our profile out there. Are stories important? Oh yes, definitely. And I think you, you've interviewed a few of the, of the, your podcasts I've listened to, they've talked about that, the importance and the, um, the research that's behind why storytelling is so powerful and so impactful. Um, so, you know, I think was it Seth Erickson, Erickson I think yeah, had talked yeah. about that. His was really, really a compelling podcast. So everyone should go listen to that one as well. Uh, but um, but really, yeah, I think that's because of the impact and the memorability and to help people move forward, to learn, to change for the better. Yeah. Uh, that, that's why I love storytelling. Absolutely. Yeah. Seth was talking, he did a lot of the research too um, on the brain activity. When you're telling a story, you're kind of reliving the action in your mind. Yes. And as you're telling people and they're listening to it, if they're engaged, their brain is, it synapses are firing the same way yours are. So they're almost experiencing the same thing, you know, so it's, that's kind of was his take on it. If, if you're going to sell something to somebody, if you tell a story, you can engage them that way and they'll see. So very cool. And yeah, if, I mean, if we are a brand, then yeah, why not? Why not tell the story, how you got to where you are and why you do what you do? Cause that's important. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, so what's next for you? I mean, you've had a, a, an amazing career, a lot of different, uh, you know, the varied background and stuff. And now the book, do you have another book in the works or what, what's up? Yes. Be <laughs> really good. Yes. I, uh, so I will, I am creating the workbook that will be a companion piece to, uh, to fun and fulfilling careers. Nice. And that will come out next year. Um, sometime, not sure exactly when that will be. Um, and then you, know, you talked about the great resignation and, um, I'm, I'm on a nonprofit board of directors and I've been in a couple and I work with a lot of executives and C-suite individuals who are really concerned about the change in the employer employee, you know, contract and, and the relationship. And we need to understand as leaders what that's going to look like going forward and how to best help 
employees. So one of the things I'm interested in researching and understanding better is, is not just um, people seeking new jobs, but people keeping their current jobs and how they can look at their personal brand within a company, within an industry, and how staying where they are doesn't mean that they're stagnant at all, but they have the opportunity with their personal brand to grow, develop, and impact others. Yeah. That's interesting because uh, we talked about SAP software earlier. Yeah. Um, we always had teams over in India or the Philippines or something doing coding for us. Mm-hmm. They were remote. They were working in a totally different you know, uh, time zone. We trusted them. Here's what mm-hmm. needs to get done. Here's the schedule. They got it done. And I think businesses kind of embraced that. But now when you talk about where your employees are working remotely, they're working from home. A lot of businesses are a little scared of that, that if I don't see you here in front of me, I don't know that you're actually working. How do we get past that? It really has to do with trust and to taking time to hire the right person for the job. And and honestly, you know, keeping in touch with them. I think the role of managers and leaders is going to become even more important in terms of a mentoring aspect that they, they really need to keep in touch with, with their team and see what they need, see what they're concerned about, um, really understand where they can help them do their job better. And having that those conversations, having that communication, it's very hard to replicate the, I just passed you on the way to get another cup of coffee or right. the water cooler situation. Yeah. It's very hard to, re- or I'm stuck in the elevator for 28 floors. Um, it's very hard to replicate that. However, I, I think it can be done. You just need to make the effort. Exactly. Yeah. The drive-bys we used to, you know, on the consulting drive-bys, projects, yes. you're yeah. walking down the hall and you see somebody in their office and you sit there and chat for a while and realize, Hey, here's mm-hmm. something I can help you with. It's, it's tough now. You have to make a concerted effort to reach out and talk to your employees and engage them. So, so, wow. This is going to be a learning <laughs> time for everybody, I think. <laughs> Very much uh, but, so. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, hey, this has been this has been awesome. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? What's your what's your website? So uh, I'm best reached um, on LinkedIn. So okay. Heather H. Bennett. And I have a website, heatherhbennett.com. Uh, which is, and then I also have my business website, which is creativebrandcoach.net. Net. Very cool. And I have those. I will have those in the show notes and I'll have a link to your book um, on Amazon in the show notes. Um, uh, talking about leadership real quick. Uh, do you have folks that work for you now? Or are you a solo practitioner right now? I'm a solo practitioner, but I have an incredible team of collaborators and nice. people, you know, experts that I've been reaching out to for years that sure. I trust very much to take care of, of the people I work with. Awesome. And then over the years, the different jobs that you've had, you've worked with people. If I was to bump into any of those folks and ask them what type of leader you are, what do you think they'd tell me? What kind of leader are you? It's a good question. Um, hmm. I would say strategic uh, my clients know that I'm always thinking like five steps ahead <laughs> and trying to connect the dots. Um, in, with re- that respect, relational, um, understanding uh, where connections are that most other people don't see. 
um, empathetic, um, compassionate. Uh, They're doing a lot of the self-awareness that um, has to be done in order to create a really strong, authentic personal brand. It's hard work and it's very emotional and, and can be, you know, very enlightening. So I, I respect the people I work with a lot because they do share quite a bit with me and, and I understand that that's, that can be hard. So that's good. You sound like a good leader. Absolutely. All right. Heather H Bennett on LinkedIn um, or Heather H Bennett.com on your personal website and creativebrandcoach.net. So listeners, I will have all those information in the show notes. Also go out to Amazon, look for the book, Fun and Fulfilling Careers, One Question at a Time. Awesome. Heather, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Harlan. This was wonderful. Awesome. All right. Listeners, hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. If you do, make sure you uh, share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. Uh, Check out the website, check out LinkedIn, and check out the book on Amazon.com. And stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now.